you want to win, and especially in difficult situations, you first got to have the courage to try. Welcome to the Winners Find a Way Show, Episode 4, Risk It All, with Jim Ayers, retired executive and former president of Amway North America. Some people do not want to go out there and take that risk because many are afraid to lose and instead of moving forward, they step back. But in this episode, Jim Ayers talks about how he always trained himself to have the courage to face difficulties and take that risk to win. You will not want to miss Jim speak about talent versus attitude, the have to and want to mindset, the sense of urgency that keeps pushing him for improvement, and why Jim says, I hire athletes. Hello, this is Trent Clark, CEO of Leadership, and he's a serial entrepreneur. Most people know me because I spent over 12 years in professional baseball coaching for the Tigers, Indians, and Angels and went to the World Series three times. Today, I'm with my good friend, Jim Ayers. Jim, say hello. Hey, hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. You're super excited about having uh, having everybody involved and, and getting uh, on the show, having you here. It's so fun. Um, the thing we want to talk a little bit, I want to give you a little bit of background on Jim. Before I do, Jim, tell people where they can find you. Uh, you can certainly find me on LinkedIn, uh, Jim Ayers, A-Y-R-E-S. Uh, and, uh, certainly you can find me on Facebook as well. Great. So let me do a little intro and background on you, Jim. Pretty impressive, by the way, man, like 41 plus years with Amway. Business operations, running business operations for all of Amway North America with a volume exceeding $1 billion. Uh, we came together because I was introduced to you as this high-level business executive from a good friend of ours and because you were a former player at Grand Valley State University as a football player. And of course, uh, very philanthropic, involved with the U.S. Dream Academy, the Kinsler Foundation, uh, the Literary Center for West Michigan, where you live in the West Michigan area. And of course, give us your personal background too. Married, all that good stuff? Yeah, uh, married to love my life, Nancy. Uh, hopefully she's tuning in right now and she'll give me a critique after all this for sure. Uh, we've got a wonderful family. Uh, daughter, son, daughter-in-law, and three grandkids. So uh, we're and they're all local, and we've been able to see them quite a bit over the past year. It's been it's we're very very fortunate. Count our blessings. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. All right, so let's talk a little bit about you know I told you a little bit about the show. The show is winners find a way, yeah. and I'll ask the audience: Have you ever faced stiff adversity? Felt like the losses are mounting, and you need to find a better way. I think you came to the right place. We talk a lot about overcoming when you're stuck and the challenges you face when things get hard and perseverance and the sacrifices you have to make along the way. And everyone who comes on has been through some really good ups for sure, but has probably had some pretty tough downs. And Jim, you know, people from the outside seeing your, your quality of life, the way you manage yourself, you're like you said, you're very blessed. They probably like, Hey, this guy's never had to go through a hard time in his life, right? <laughs> like, yeah. come on, right? So tell us why you come on the show first. Well, uh, I think it's a really important topic to talk about. Uh, it's because all of us face adversity. And 
you know, uh, especially at my point in life, you know, one of my big missions is to just help other people, maybe through sharing some of the things that I've been through. And when you talk about adversity, um, I had a, a really great childhood, but also a very challenged childhood as well. My dad died when I was nine unexpectedly. You know, we went through a lot of trauma, lost our home. Uh, my mom was great. She did all she could. Uh, but uh, we, you know, I lost my home, moved into a really uh, pretty rough neighborhood, when I was nine years old, everything changed for me. It took me years to get over that. And, you know, you think about overcoming things. I, I was like the poster child probably for self-defeating behavior. Um, I, I, I knew that I was, you know, smart. I had intellectual uh, ability and, and everything, but uh, I just didn't succeed in anything. I flunked out of high school. I had to go extra to get my diploma. I got an opportunity to go to Grand Valley State University and play football, and and I blew that as well. End of the first year, I had a 0.8 GPA. They politely asked me to go someplace else, and, <laughs> and uh, literally ended up at a inner city gas station in Kalamazoo. And uh, you know, I can't make this stuff up. I got the job because they had been held up a week before or so, and uh, one of their employees got shot. He lived. I got his job. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a turning point for me of where I realized that I, I had to get it together. I just had to get it together. But, you know, I just started applying myself. Um, one of the miracles of my life is Grand Valley let me back in. Um, I earned my scholarship back through effort. And, um, you know, from the day I got back into school at GVSU, through my undergrad, through graduate school at Western Michigan University, and through an MBA program at Davenport, I, I never missed one class. I just showed up, paid attention, applied myself, and I was able to turn things around. And wow. it's been far from an easy experience. It's been a, a learning experience every step of the way. Yeah. I mean, I, I just don't think most people would look at you on the outside and go, oh, yeah, this is what that kind of life I've had. And, and for people that are listening to the show, if you have that, that kind of life, then, and I've seen people been involved with charity organizations. I was in, uh, uh, involved with Tony Dungy's All Pro Dad. And I remember going into some tough areas and, you know, that was the thought. The thought was like, Hey, this is what life is tough for me. Life is tougher here for everybody. And people are making poor choices. And because those who are caring for me or, or looking after me are making poor choices. Well, I'm going to do that, of course, too. And I'm like, no, 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 wait. Like, like they made their choices. They're adults, but you're going to get your chance and you don't have to make the same choices, right? So let's, let's talk about, uh, so I love this quote. Winners, when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win, right? The four disciplines of execution by McChesney and Covey leadership. So, Let's let's talk about that. When you were up against it, losing, found a way to come back and win, down but not out. Like, tell me a little bit about where you were then and what kind of took you over that. And you can tell, you can share a different story too about you know business if you'd rather. And either way, well, uh, you know, I want to tell you a story that literally of a day that changed my life in eighth grade. If you can imagine that, uh, it's a lesson that I learned back then. It took me a while to absorb it, but this is the day. Uh, I was on a junior high football team. Look, I'm old. This was a long time ago. I played with a helmet, <laughs> a face mask with one bar across your face. That was it. 
right? Yeah, I love it. I love it. And we were practicing. On and you our, weren't the and you weren't the kicker. Is that what you're saying? I wasn't a kicker. <laughs> <laughs> I was a I was a running back at that point, and but I was on the like the third string running back, right? And we're practicing on a field that didn't have a lot of grass, had a lot of dirt and a lot of gravel. And um, we're in practice, third stringer is going against the starting defense. Of course. And I just remember uh, dive play, you know, off tackle or whatever. I get the ball, and as I'm running into the line, my third string offensive line had pretty much dissolved. And I there's these two big giant starting defensive tackles that I run into them like a wall. And literally, man, I re- I never forget it. They kind of picked me up and face planted me for the tackle and um, smashed my face into the gravel. And when I got up, my face mask was down here. It collapsed. Down yeah, yeah, yeah. Mask. Right. I, my nose is bloody. My mouth's bloody. I'm picking gravel out of my face. And at that moment, and I don't know how to explain this, it's the it's the the fight or flight response. Yes. I became enraged. I, I don't know how else to explain it. I'll never forget it. Not that I wanted to start a fight with those guys or anything, but like it's just something came inside of me. I'm not going to take this. And I remember going back into the uh, uh, huddle <laughs> with my third string buddies and just you know yelling and pumping them up and saying, "We're like we're not going to take that." And just really, really kind of fanatical and. I just did it over and over every play in practice over and over again. And the next day I did it again. And the next day I did it again. And guess what? In two weeks, I was starting tight end. And what Mm. I realized in hindsight is through my fanatical effort and attitude, I made them find a way to get me on the field, right? Didn't have all the talent in the world, but that's where I first learned the lesson. And I said, it took me a while to get over my self-defeating behavior and actualize all that. But I'll never forget that lesson of, of talent's important, but attitude trumps talent. If you got talent and don't have an attitude and the, 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 uh, the want to, right, uh, to get it done, you're not going to win. And frankly, I don't want you on my team. And that, that was my big lesson, uh, my first big lesson in, in turning it around and, and keep going. You know, the other thing that I think about, too, that sometimes is overlooked is you know, if you want to win, and especially in difficult situations, you first got to have the courage to try. And that means uh, risking, being willing to risk failure, being willing to risk losing, because in today's world, it's the way it is, man. Uh, you don't win all the time, and it's competitive. And it, whether it's sports or business or school or whatever it is, you got to have the courage to put yourself out there and understand that you may not win, um, but you can't win if you can't risk that. And I think that's a super important thing. A lot of people, when they face these difficulties that you're talking about, human nature is to kind of back off mm-hmm. and kind of just step back because it seems yeah. like the safe thing to do. And, uh, you know, you never grow that way and you never win that way either. I love that. I love that risk at all, right? It, it is courage for sure. And are, are you giving a shout out to the Canadians with your drink there? Or, oh, you I, know, am. Like, I, uh, I had a team in Canada. They gave me this cup. I'm still, yeah. I'm, okay, I'm nice. Just, I'm running right. the brand here. <laughs> so, so I, uh, I, love the, uh, I love that risk at all. And, and I think as a coach, I, I just remember 
and as a player too, right? It's a constant thing. Like when the big challenges come, that's, that's when I'm on the edge of my seat to see who responds, right? Like this is what I'm watching for. Hey, you just got bloodied nose. Are you going to quit or are you going to step up? Like that's what I'm looking for. And yeah. And so many of us like, Hey, I just want to take my ball and I want to go home. (laughs) Right. Like that hurts. And, and it's not easy to go. No, man, I'm committed. I'm all in. I'm coming back for more. I'm willing. I love that. I'm willing. Um, so let's talk about, I mean, now, you know, I'll come back a little bit to football, but let's come back. Actually, let's stay with football. So you, you go to college and, and you start becoming this, this dependable, responsible leader um and, and and you're playing with some pretty good players and and you're a good player but there's some NFL destined players around you right and that may not be your destiny as it turns out it's not your turns right. out your destiny is an executive in, in a right. high level corporation a fortune you know 200 and so but what do you think that superpower is for you that separated you from others that catapulted you to the one percent of you know top level executive for some of them maybe they catapulted a top level athlete because because you can share that story right uh, uh, about a, a person you're playing who catapults into that one percent nfl athlete but what was the superpower for you you know there's so many things so many components of it it's kind of hard to to separate one but for me i guess the biggest one is probably building on I, on what I just said. It's it's um, just effort and attitude. Um, you know, one uh, person that I've met in the last couple of years uh, in my in my position, my work position, uh, was a lot of coaches, and and one that I really remember is Tim Lester, head coach at uh, Western Michigan University football. I love the way he talks about this. He talks about. Um, what kind of person are you? Are you a have to or a want to? Mm. You have to get out of bed and go to practice or you want to. You have to go to work or you want to. You have mm. to study or you want to. Which are you? And he's like, I want want to's on my team, right? And that's, mm. a, that's an inside kind of innate, not complicated, but really powerful attitude thing. And God, I'll tell you, ever since I heard him say that, I've told my wife Nancy about it, and I complain about doing the dishes or something. She, she's like, do you have to do the dishes or do you want to do the dishes? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? why did I tell Nancy? Like, yeah, like, yeah, so I love that. And, I, you know, I love that about uh, – Wooden said something about that too because, you know, he talked about, you know, a team spirit. He talked about um, when when – when he originally set it out, I remember him talking about this and he was saying, you know, hey, a, a willingness to come alongside and, 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 and work with others and have the right attitude. But he changed it because of that reason, because that was kind of like a willingness. I have to, like, I have to be a team guy, right? Like, no, no, no. I want an eagerness right. to do it. So he changed from willing to eager. And I, and I thought it was like, it, it's, it's the difference maker. Cause I think yeah. it's what you just described, right? It's yeah. a, it's a have to, to a, Hey, I want to. Right. There's another thing to that too. And it's, it's, uh, I think of it as a sense of urgency, uh, never to be comfortable always, uh, you know, and my sports exposure like taught me so much about 
you, you never get comfortable. You, you stop and you smell the roses and you enjoy life and you enjoy success and, and the accomplishments you make. But there's always another mountain. You get to the top of the mountain, there's another mountain in front of you. And yeah. you never get comfortable. And, you know, I, you know, how did I get my scholarship back in, in college uh, when I got back into school? Um, you know, I remember a practice was at 5 o'clock. I was in the locker room at 3 o'clock in the afternoon every day mentally preparing just like I would for a game for mm. practice. Right. Yeah. And I want to be the first in line for everything. And I'm, and I just had this sense to, uh, and always, and I've, it's always been with me, even in, uh, doesn't matter what my position was or how far I went in my job is that, um, I got to outwork everybody cause I'm not as talented as a whole bunch of other people. So I'm just going to outwork people. And I, even when I was, you know, I just retired at the end of the year from Amway. But um, when I was leading uh, North America, most days I was the first one in the office. And, uh, you know, I just, just the way I'm wired, I'm going to like give it absolutely fanatically everything that I can. And I think that sense of urgency for me helped me keep my edge, helped keep me from getting comfortable and just keep pushing myself all the time, right? Well, I think that's a great lesson for leaders because, you know, I've talked to many executive teams and I can tell you that there's a lot of C-suites that don't want to work for someone and work harder than that person, right? Like, hey, they're the one with the big title, the bigger role, the bigger bonus. <laughs> you know, everyone goes like, hey, I shouldn't be outworking the managing partner or the CEO or the, or the director, right? Now, I, I can make an argument against it, but like you, uh, I, I didn't, I wasn't blessed with the same physical skills. We've met personally, obviously. So, you know, he knows I don't look like the rest of major league baseball players. So, um, at five, six. So it's, um, it's, it's, I knew, man, if I was going to make it, you know, I, I've, I've got to work. I've got to put my head down and, and show people a lot of different things. Cause the, I don't pass the eye test. Right. So I think that's, but that's what you said is something very peculiar to me because as a coach, I don't know how many times I've looked at behaviors of my athletes and of my directors and my business personnel that I'm working with and said, hey, everyone, you see how Ayers comes in two hours early? You see how he's ready? You see how he's mentally prepared? You see how he's physically prepared? You see how he's morally prepared for what's about to happen next? Like, I'll take 10 more just like him. <laughs> like, well, uh, not the biggest, not the fastest. They don't, well, I, I'm not concerned. Like, if I have 10 people like that, like, we're all going to get it done. Like, it's going to happen. And, and I can't, and I, and we've all said it as coaches. We've all said it. Wow. Johnson, I'll take 10 more just like her. She's so good. Like, like, you know, you can't, you can't say enough. And, What's your what's your take on that when you when you oh, heard that? From I, I totally agree. I mean, and and we see it all around us. I mean, you can think of the greats like MJ. MJ couldn't jump the highest. It wasn't a fat, right. it wasn't the best shooter. MJ was MJ because what was between his ears and what was in his chest. That that was it. And you can see that. Um, I mean, gosh, just recent example. Look at Tom Brady. That guy oh. physically compared to other quarterbacks in the league. Yeah. No way, but man, it's not close. Yeah, not close. But he's got it in the chest and between the ears, and he outworks everybody, right? And yeah. that's a, and to me, like you said, um, you know, the, there's a 
uh, saying that uh, is burned into my brain by my my college football uh, uh, offensive line coach, Bruce Zylstra. Um, and I hope I can use a little really mild swear word here because it, it's yeah, sure is. So you're you're fine. But he told us <laughs> we can all, edit it out. <laughs> he, he told us <laughs> all the time as an offensive lineman, if you hit the wrong guy, knock him on his ass. I if I heard that once, I heard it five hundred times. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And what what does that mean? Well, it means look, you know, and in, in, in any sport, an offensive line's a little different. It's not simple. I mean, you're in the huddle, they call a play. You think, okay, this is what I got to do. You go up to the line of scrimmage, and while they're, you know, before they snap the ball, the defense starts moving around. Now you got to figure out, okay, now who do I hit? And yes. right when you figure that out, the quarterback calls an audible. I mean, yes. right? it's easy <laughs> to hit the wrong guy, right? And make a mistake. Yeah. It happens. And when that happens, bad things happen behind you. But the message in that is look, I can teach you, I can coach you to hit the right guy, but I can't teach you to have effort, to have attitude. I can't teach you that. You either got that in your chest or you don't. And to me, like when I was in any of my positions, but leading a big company, when I'm trying to hire somebody for any position, yeah, I'm looking for technical ability for knowledge and you know all that stuff. But what I'm really looking for is that I'm looking for that, that want to desire uh, that is an example for others because that's the way you are. Right. And, uh, mm. you know, I think you and I talked about this a little in the past of, uh, it, it's not a, a make or break thing, but really if I've got, you know, three or four very equal candidates for a position, if I got one of them that was a captain of my high school volleyball team or something and like, I'm going for that person probably because man, that you, you've been through the crucible of, challenge all the challenges that come with athletics i don't care what level it is and you're just you're just made by that right it teaches you yeah that is so good that's so two you know two things i get out of this one is is you know that 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 effort like you're saying with Brit, it's infectious right look at look at the temperature and the attitude of the tampa bay you know campus because yeah. of that guy's presence like we know he's good but yeah. But it's not like, you know, he shows up and you're like, wow, I thought he'd look like something. <laughs> you know, like, no, no, no. But the attitude all of a sudden just takes people up a level. And, and that was so evident, right? At the end of the Super Bowl, when people were like, going, hey, I'm going to tell my kids I played in the Super Bowl with this guy, right? Yeah. Like, and it's, it's like, yeah, you're pretty excited about the win too. <laughs> like, yeah, right. And, right. and so it's an interesting take on that. And then, uh, the other side of this, hiring thing. Of course, I love that, you know, as a former athlete, but you know, I, I think about that as, as a two sport division one athlete, like my time was not my own. Like I was absolutely balancing five, six, seven things a day just to make the day work. And prep started at 10 PM the night before, and it would never happen without preparation. So you and, and things got dropped and they were hard lessons that you know, you know, that usually cost a couple miles in training, <laughs> you know, like those hurtful lessons, right? And so you realize that, wow, it, you know, you're not going to need to, to discipline these folks, right? Like it's, they, they understand it and they know the consequences when they don't make it. So I really appreciate that. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot of, uh, fellow athletes out here that, hey, those are things, those are lessons for you to push, 
inside of an opportunity with an organization, what they're looking for, like talk about those uh, those those lessons learned and those experiences of self-discipline and accountability and responsibility. Because I think they're gigantic. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, another thing that I think of in in uh, in my career that you, you kind of mentioned there is um, growing through seeking the tough challenges, right? Mm. That's how I got better. It started in college. You know, when I was a uh, – a freshman at, at GVSU and we were in practice and we're doing the, you know, the practices where it's one-on-one offense and defense, you know, between yeah. and all that. And, and they're yeah. filming it. And if you get your butt kicked, Hey, they're going to watch it tonight on film, <laughs> go back and forth. Right. Yeah. A lot of peer pressure and everything. And so I remember when I started there, um, the offensive guys line up here, the defensive guys line up there. I'm looking, I'm going, uh, Cis guy in line, like he's easy, man. I'm I want to be sixth in line, so I got yeah. that, that guy right. Yeah. What I, rea- what I realized was that wasn't getting me anywhere, and and I realized that for me to get better, I changed my approach and I started doing the opposite. Ah, the All American is fourth in line. The All American senior, I'm going to get fourth in line, and yeah. and take them on, and to, I and it's back to this courage, the courage to. Uh, to go after it and risk failure, but put yourself yeah. out there. And kind of what I realized was number one, it wasn't, if I got beat by the scrawny little guy, I really look like an idiot. If I get, beat yeah, there's by no the, win in that. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's no upside at all. Right. But if I get beat by the all American, well, I, they expected him to beat me. It's not so bad. But the other thing is I realized I kept doing that. I started getting to where I could stalemate that, that guy. And then sometimes mm. I started beating that guy and, putting myself out there and being challenged by the hard thing, I started getting better, right? I started getting yeah. my potential. Same thing in my career. I always in my career looked for opportunities that were big and scary and impactful that a lot of people didn't want to tackle. And I would be like, raise my hand, go sign me up, man. I'm going to make that happen. And yeah, that was a big uh, thing for me. In fact, uh, one of the habits I'm really big into habits for success. One of the habits that I work on all the time is I've tried to make it a habit in my career and in my life, actually, that when I'm faced with something that scares me, that that makes my stomach turn, right? My my human instinct is, I don't want to step back from that, right? Try to make it a habit when I feel that way to recognize it and step towards it and every big in my career every big opportunity that i had scared the heck out of me and i wasn't sure i I didn't know if i could do it but i made myself step towards it not away from it and uh you know I, i tell you that always worked out for me it made me better just like back to the football drills in college you know and i just think that's a you know if you ask me fundamental habits for success that's one that i recommend to to everybody. Yeah, I love that. Uh, the courage to stand up and take that on. And I think one of those things about going up against the best, like the All-American senior, is the first thing you find out. There's 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 not a lot of losing in this deal. One, you're not expected to win, right? Like right. Two, <laughs> two, you find out where you're at, right? Yeah. Like I'm going to yeah. go up head to head and I'm going to find out how I measure up. 
And I've got video now to see what went wrong. Like, wow, I got, I got to strengthen my lower half. I got to lower my center of gravity. I, you get all sorts of feedback. Right. And, and, and if you win, it's instant respect with your peers, yeah. right? Like, wow, that, that, that freshman or sophomore had a, had the courage to take on the all American. They have a great scene in safety about that. The new movie from Disney about the kid. He's a freshman. He's going to take on the all American and, and, you know, and, and all American seniors like I slipped, I slipped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. Right. All right. So let's talk a little bit. Let's pivot here a little bit about what's the one value, you know, action that you take, you know, when you're really down, and and you got to turn things around, right? Like right now, is is do you have a couple go to things that you come right back to that you find yourself like, hey, I, I can I can regulate quickly with these foundational things, and do like a self audit or something to that effect? Do you have something in that? Oh, absolutely. I think this is. I don't care who you are. Uh, this gets down to simple basics for me, man. This is where it gets really simple. And that is, in in really simple terms, the territory being a human being and being alive, life throws a lot of crap at you. There are big storms coming all the time. We lose friends. We lose loved ones. Bad things happen. I mean, it just happens. It's out of our control. Um, And, and, you know, knowing those things, and if because it's super important that you understand that about yourself, it doesn't save yours. That, that kind of are under that, that I think about a, how do I want to behave every day in every interaction I have? And that's humility. I don't have the answers. I need people. It is transparency. Um, I tell you the truth 100% of the time, no exceptions, no BS. Fourth thing is that as a leader, uh, 100% of the time, I give credit and take blame. Always give curve others. I'm here to help you be successful. It is not about me. Those are the principles that I get back to all, all the time, really on a daily, 25 years ago, probably. And I can't really remember why I did it. But 25 years ago, I sat down and put thought into it. I wrote a personal mission statement and I wrote a personal values. But, you know, just this idea of, who am I? What do I stand for? What, who do I aspire to be? Uh, mm. What kind of person do I want to be? That could come from your religion or, or I don't care where it comes from, but you better have that if you're going to survive the traumas and the tough times that come along in life. That's so good. Give me give me those three again on these three foundationals of leadership. Give that a scan. I love the I love the power five. Give me the give me the three again. The, yep. There there's never a wrong time to do the right thing. And uh, that's a hard, that, that stuff, you know, sounds kind of simple, but you can be in such, and I was in situations at work where those were hard things to do. They weren't popular. Um, yeah. I might've been putting fluctuated from that, never divert, you know, diverted from that. And that defined me, I hope to the people that um, were on my team that, that worked with me. That, that it build trust builds trust and credibility. I want to follow. I want to follow people that uh, believe in what they're doing, believe in themselves, and believe in me. That makes me want to follow people. And, you know, I think that's what defines leadership, basically. Awesome. If you have a question for Kat, we are uh, happy to get to that. We'll come to that in here in a little bit. But 
Let's talk a little bit about the best way to win. We've had some some interesting things. You had all this experience with all these coaches, and um, you know it's funny. We we talked a little bit about uh, delivering the national championship to a fellow coach of mine, Nick Saban, right? And 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 what you spoke about, you know, that's all of a sudden his mission was yeah. somewhat over, and now this trophy's just. That's just pageantry now for him because yeah. he's on yeah. to the next year, right? Yeah. Like yeah. not even almost uninterested in, in the exchange, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so for those who don't know, part of my job, it was one of the really cool things about my job for the past seven years leading North America. We had a, uh, a scholarship or a, a sponsorship, excuse me, with USA Today and the uh, College Football Coaches Association. So the crystal ball, the iconic crystal ball trophy was the Amway crystal ball. And yeah, when, uh, when we <laughs> they started with the, the, the champion every year, which, and you know, what a kind of pinch yourself thing that I'm getting paid to do is I'm going to like give the trophy to, you know, Nick Saban or, uh, you know, uh, Dabble Sweeney, whoever it was and uh, what a great experience, but, and they were all so different and so unique, um, I will tell you, uh, Urban Meyer was one of my favorites. Uh, class act, just a super classy guy. Yes, uh, love his philosophies, um, and uh, you know, just uh, and in fact, Nancy and I, uh, we did some work with him with Amway, and Nancy and I spent a couple hours with him and his wife uh, a couple years ago, which was just a fantastic experience. Dabo Sweeney. Right. When I took it to Alabama, Nick Saban uh, was, well, he wasn't overly friendly or expressive. But what I realized, there were two other nine. I mean, Clemson, when we went to Clemson, we're in the middle of the field to deliver this crystal ball trophy. There were 65,000 people in the stands for that. Yeah. There were like 2,000 at Alabama, right? It was like, but the other thing I realized about Nick Saban was, did they let you come down the big hill? Did you do the run down the no, hill? No, no, no. Dude, I would have broke my leg. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's classic. All right. So let me um, – this is great stuff. Tell them again, Jim, where they can find you before we go to some Q&A. Well, you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Jim Ayers, A-Y-R-E-S, on LinkedIn. Before we go to Q&A, what's your go-to? Well, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> and – it's 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 a lot, man. The world is just much better place when I'm disciplined and I'm maintaining my discipline. I've got my self control front and center. So, got a couple great questions for you. Um, had a lot of success, won a lot, uh, in a lot of different ways. What's the best battle that you've conquered in your lifetime? What's the one that you've just overcome that you're you're most proud of? Wow. Uh, that's a really, really good question. I wish I'd have given that a- ahead of time. I have to think about that. <laughs> so, yeah. so, I mean, we come back to it too. I got other ones here. Yeah. You know, I would say um, I get back to um, uh, not necessarily the business challenges, but uh, a couple of times in my career, I took over I was put, I shouldn't say took over. I was put into leadership positions of areas of the company that were uh, not doing well, underperforming. Yes. Um, and and that, that, yeah, it was, uh, there were turnaround change 
leadership opportunities. And, um, you know, all of that, I would say virtually all of that came down to people and employees that were frustrated out of maybe 12%. And, and when I left last year, we were at 25%. We doubled our profitability, right? That's one measure, but that's not the measure that's really important to each other get better. We became better people, better parents. And I encourage people because I did Ada, Michigan. And while I was, I was taken back by the flags of all the countries represented. It, actually, not all of them, because there's even more countries now than are listed. I, I think we ran out of flagpoles down in Ada. Right. So, uh, but but also the the monuments of the leadership principles, the guiding five, you know, values of um, of the company. I just thought I was so impressed, etched in stone, yeah. right? Which really. Yeah. Yeah. Which really I valued, right? Like we're not saying uh, we're thinking about this. We just etched it in stone all over the place. Right? Like this isn't like whoa. We're we're back to the commandments. Like hey, am I supposed to go run up and get some new tablets again? <laughs> like what happened, right? So like this is this is no joke. And uh, for for those who are really want to see a company done right, there's 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 a reason we're talking to a leader who helped run that company, right? So they've had massive influence in West Michigan and worldwide, really. Yeah. But um, so you know, huge. You know, the cool thing too, real quickly, those values transcend uh, geography and culture. I mean, I've had the opportunity in, in my career to lead big global teams. Um, I, what I, I ran a lot of research and development at one point and, and I had a team of Gosh, I don't know, 400 and some employees in 43 countries traveled all over the world all the time. All of those people from all those different cultures and backgrounds, uh, we're all on the same platform about our values, about how it works, and about really the dedication that we had to uh, building a great team and to helping other people be successful, which mm. I, that was just an amazing thing to be a part of and to see that, that it's a it's it's just a human thing, right? It's a global thing. Pretty cool. So here, a good question. I have a good question about uh, the various organizations and or coaches that helped you develop. How did they develop you? Like, how did you feel the influence of others around you coming up and, and that value that you took away? Because, I, I mean, as a coach, I know that you know, I've worked with some great ones, right? You and I both know, and I and I grab these pieces from them because I'm like, oh, I, I want to, you know, use that, and oh, that's so good, and you know, we kind of grab these pieces of it. But how did you get developed? You felt like on your journey? Yeah, um, you know, it started with sports coaches, and they did change my life because you know it was just my mom, and uh, I was kind of an out of control, angry young guy, and. Uh, Coaches um, forced me to have discipline. They challenged me, uh, mm. taught me a lot of lessons about uh, my college football coach, Jim Harkema, uh, taught me lessons about uh, things like just organization and, and organizing myself. Um, <laughs> in the beginning of every season, he would say, I guarantee you, that because we're in, you got classes and everything, I guarantee you that yeah. every practice will end on time. And he would give us an agenda before every practice with for this 10 minutes, we do this, then we do this. And you got yeah. that and you saw it. And he ended everyone on time. Now, if we were having a bad day, 
low energy. He'd blow the whistle. He's really mad. He screams, you guys aren't hustling. And he turned his watch back 20 minutes. And then he <laughs> extended practice, but we still ended on time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a classic. But, um, you know, uh, coaches taught me so many lessons. But I got to tell you, I find coaching all over the place. And I'm still being coached now by – while people like you, other people I talk to, I learn from about how I could do things better. Uh, my wife, Nancy, is one of the best coaches I've ever had. Mm. She's had a huge impact on my career and my direction that I've gone by just talking stuff over with her and her yes. coaching me. And, you know, it's coaching is out there in a lot of places if you look for it. And uh, that's right. I don't care who you are. I don't think we're ever at a point where we don't need coaching and it's not valuable. So I'm, yeah, I'm out there looking for it all the time. Winners find a way. She always brought to you by data-driven operations powered by Journeys. Journeys is a software solution that helps you create a winning formula for your organization. DD Ops powered by Journey helps you act as one, see as one, work as one, play as one, win as one. Are you looking for visibility, coachability, and productivity amongst your team? DD Ops is your software. Click on the link in the show notes to learn more. That's a great partnership right there. That's awesome. Okay, let's let's end with that one thing. I want to talk about the one thing, uh, the six-inch jab step, right? <laughs> like, I want to talk about the one thing because, like, everyone has that fundamental, that fundamental thing that, that, like, if you can't do this, you can't progress to that next level. And, and this is one of the challenges, I think, for, for most people in organizations, at least that I see. Yeah, so the, the, I see. Go yeah, ahead. I see people that would really like to get to that next level, but have not mastered the fundamentals of their current level. And you and I both know we can't build up on that next level until the fundamentals are solid on that first level, right? So let's That's talk right. about that one thing. And, and you learned it as a as a pretty young guy. Right? Yeah, and this was uh, this was college football again, but. Uh, as an offensive lineman, and and you have to understand, of course, football was different back then. Uh, when I played college football, everybody was running the Veer offense. We might pass eight times a game, ten times, but it was all we were running. So yeah. it was a lot of uh, pulling and those kinds of things as mm -hmm. an offensive lineman. But, you know, uh, we started, I think, almost every practice all the time as an offensive line team with practicing, you're in your stance, and the first move you make is a six-inch step with your with your foot, a six-inch jab step. And you, we practiced that every day for the whole time I was there. And I remember thinking to myself, God, this is so stupid, right? I mean, it's a six-inch step. I mean, what seriously, what are we doing? You know, what I came to understand, and now in retrospect, I really understand it, is that that step was the foundational piece to pulling right or pulling left or yep. dropping back into pass protecting or yep. exploding off for a, a run block. That step was the fundamental foundation of all of it. And by just repeating such a simple thing over and over again, you know, it became automatic and, and you just did that foundational thing. Well, you didn't think about it. It just yes. became automatic. And you know, as I got into my business career, I, and I talked about this in like in employee meetings and stuff sometimes, because, you know, the principle of uh, 
you know, with all the swirl going on and everything and, and all the, you know, it doesn't matter what the score of the game is or what's going on. I got to do that six inch jab step with excellence every single time. And so, you know, I ask people, what's your six inch jab step? When you think about your job, your career, what you're doing, what's your six inch jab step? And just make sure that you're doing the fundamental things with excellence. Don't gloss over, you know, I, I, I hate this, this saying of don't sweat the small stuff. I think that's crap. You got to do the small <laughs> stuff with excellence, right? Do the small yeah. stuff with excellence. That builds to the big stuff with excellence, yes. right? You can't skip it. And, and uh, you know, that's just a lesson I learned from that that I think about of fundamentals, man. Focus on the fundamentals. Don't be distracted by the swirl and the big things will come to you. But you got to do the fundamentals first. Well, I think there's a, for me, physically, there's a visual to that six inch jab step because there's a, there's a, uh, physiological component going on, which is if you take that step right, you are in balance. You are prepared to do what's next. Exactly. You don't get knocked off course. You are in position to defend. You are also in a position to attack. Like all these things happen if you are properly balanced, controlled, and in that. So by getting that done every time, and I tell you, people are always amazed at like, you know, how come there's not better base dealers in, in Major League Baseball? Because they don't work at it. Yeah, right. Like you have to go every day and work on your footwork, jump rope, right. study video, study what pitchers are doing. When can I go? This person's got a little hitch in their in their arm motion. It's a dead giveaway. They're never coming over by the way they stand on the mound. Like the really the really great ones really studied it and really had it. And it was never about speed. It's about quickness and execution of of really high quality footwork. And when I look at like a guy like Ricky Henderson, right? Like the, if you watch old videos of Ricky, who's the all time you know best, right? Yeah. You know, this guy's at full speed in, in a step and a half, yeah. right? Because, because he, he learned that fundamental footwork that got his balance. Now he's also genetically gifted, right? He's, he's the build, his style, but like I could put 20 guys in major league baseball on a line and we could run uh, a 60 yard sprint and he wouldn't win. Right. right. But in 20 yards, he gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> he'll win like, like he is that quick and because he can get up to his full speed very fast and it's all in his footwork and balance right from the beginning and uh, a lot of parents come to me and go oh you know you see that guy jim oh that kid's gonna be the next mr basketball blah 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 and i'm like oh really i don't think so i'm like well why don't you think i said watch his footwork right like if you are going to be a great athlete, one of the foundations are great athletes have great footwork. And I'm always reminded of like big Peyton Manning, right? Like that guy works so hard on footwork, right? And I'm like going, man, you better get that right. What is that one thing for you? What is that? What is that one thing, that fundamental, that foundational item that has to be done with excellence? What are my thoughts going to be? Uh, and, you know, another thing I learned from my college football coach, which I thought was weird at the time, on a Friday before a Saturday game at the next day, visualization, visualize coming events, prepare for them. That's how you are at your best when they come. And mm. that's the six-inch jab step in a business environment, right? Is yeah. The, the, don't underestimate the importance of 
any interaction that you have and you prepare for that. And even the ones that are unexpected, you hear about elevator speeches or whatever, man, if the CEO walks by and stops you in the hallway and asks you what you're doing, are you prepared? Do you have mm. that ready? Mm. Can you, can you encapsulate it in 90 seconds? Right. Yeah. You Many are not. Right? You got to prepare for those moments. And that to me is how you ensure that you're at your best when you got to be. Wow. That I'm signing off with that. That's so good. It's going to take that discipline to know, like, hey, knowing what might happen, what's about to happen next. You know, when we go into those athletic positions or, you know, when we go into the business, either way, an event's going to happen. And, and what happens when it's your turn? What happens if the ball's hit to you? What happens when they say hike? What happens when this? What happens when you're called to deliver the marketing plan? What's yeah. happening? You know, like anticipate, anticipate, anticipate. Not even what's going to happen, but what might happen, right. right? And getting ourselves prepared for that. Wow, Absolutely. I love that, Jim. That's that's so good, man. That's so good. Cool. So. With that, I'm going to thank Jim Ayers for simple, simple things we can do to, again, just get prepared, be ready. It's so good. So, so excited to talk about Jessica. And if you do, you definitely pick up that book. Look for Jim online, Jim Ayers, high quality. And, and he's got a little bit more time. So you're going to want this guy coaches people worldwide. Uh, he is uh, the 1%. Uh, for sure. And uh, now that he's retired from Amway, he's probably got a little bit more time and probably a little bit more choosy about what he might do too. <laughs> but, you know, like you may qualify. I don't know. You got to ask, right? Jim, I'm so thankful you could be here with us. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for joining us for another Winners Find A Way show. I am your host, Trent Clark. If you love this episode, share this episode with your friends and Follow us on whatever podcasting medium you're listening to. If you want more content from us, join us at leadershipity.com or the Leadershipity YouTube channel. You can find us on all the social media networks at either Trent M. Clark or Leadershipity. For our award-winning workshop, Win With Great Teams, you can find that page on LinkedIn as well as our corporate page, Leadershipity. If you want to win more It starts with you today. Say it with me now. I have what it takes.